plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Partners, welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Where, of course, we all need to be encouraged and inspired and motivated and have a little bit of fun and humor, especially in these dark days. It, it just it feels so often like, oh my gosh, can't wait to uh, toast the end of this year. Well, today in Star Style, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Um, we're going to have a really fun, fun guest in segment two. She has written a book called Sleeping Around. What a great title, right? Challenging My Comfort Zone, Mary Peachin. And um, what we'll be talking about is her adrenaline junkie adventures where she has literally traveled around the world and with encounters with saltwater crocodiles and bears and sharks and all kinds of snakes and all kinds of things. So it's a it's a it's a jaunt around the world with a lot of fun and um, wild activities, and she's here to tell us about it. So that's sleeping around, uh, challenging my comfort zone. Coming up in segment two, in segment three, you know, watching the wide-eyed wonder of children during the holidays is really an additional dividend of the magical season of Christmas. But it's also a great time to spark kids' interest and enthusiasm for gardening because the rewards can go far beyond reaping a harvest of fruits, flowers, and vegetables because kids not only love to dig in the dirt, but they love to get dirty. So we're going to talk about young sprouts and how they can uh, give them a guide to uh, being in the garden for next year. So something for you to think about. And then um, as winter approaches, we want to get outdoor spaces and home ready for cold and wet So coming right up, I'm going to be just talking to you about winterization. And as I said, this show is coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and it is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity that also is bringing you the miracle moment. The miracle moment is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Nothing can bring you peace but yourself. Now, we really need that these days, don't we? I think it's it's really true. Well, winter is almost here. Fall is still here, but it's about a couple weeks away. Here in California, we still are seeing the beautiful leaves and the beautiful colors, although there's more wind and leaves are falling. So um, you can tell that the, that the wind will be changing soon, although we haven't had any rain and none is, is um, in the foreseen future, but we definitely need it. But while the good weather is here, there's a lot that we can do to get ready for the out, um, the the weather when it gets winter. Because colder weather 
doesn't mean you have to forfeit going outside, at least here in California. I mean, even if you live in the snow, you can still you can still enjoy your outdoors. So if you want to enjoy your balcony as long as possible or your backyard, these are just a few tips that you can do. So you want to clean up ahead of winter, and that's why we want to tell you about it now. So sprucing your yard, your environment is going to keep you motivated to enjoy it. So all those leaves and fallen branches, you know, rake them in the compost pile. For your flower beds, pull out the dead annuals, and you want to add compost and then plant cover crops or add mulch. Now, one of the things I, I did a few weeks ago, and I did tell you this on the radio show, is I had a huge dump truck, it turns out it's over 40 yards worth of redwood chips um, delivered here. And I haven't had anybody help me with them. So little by little, I still have a huge, huge pile. There's probably 20 yards left. It's gonna, it's probably gonna take me a month, but I'm adding that mulch to all of my garden because I it will stop erosion. It'll keep the soil warmer so that the plants' roots do well and nothing will freeze. And um, it'll also break down, you know, with the good garden soil, and it'll add nutrients. So I make sure that you do that. You want to add some mulch or cover crops to your yard. And uh, you can warm up your balcony or your backyard if you want to get, like, a propane outdoor heater. And that way you could, you know, be out there even when it's cold or even when it's raining or snowing. There are freestanding tabletops. There's umbrella style versions and you can get them in all kinds of sizes and there are options available to fit your needs on my website cynthiabryan.com if you uh, click on a link that says gardening products you'll find links to several different places that are having big sales right now so you can find something that might be good for Christmas and it might be a good gift also you can use what you have instead of putting um, everything in storage you might want to use a few of your patio furniture outside and then just add some machine washable covers to give um, cushions like a fresher look. Or if you have a fire pit, you know, that's always fun. You can put your furniture around it and you can um, roast roast those s'mores and, um, you know, sit outside. There's, it's kind of fun to be outside in front of a fire. Also, garden lighting. You want to make sure to have some garden lighting at uh, ground level, which will illuminate your landscape. String lights are great with those um, clear white LED bulbs. They really create an inviting ambience. I like solar powered now. I never used to. Uh, I used to always just do a low voltage wire in my landscape, but I got so tired of the wires breaking or something eating the wires or whatever, and it just was constantly digging, digging, digging. So now I use these solar-powered weather-resistant lights. They're very affordable. Um, they're such hassle-free installation, and, you know, no upkeep. I just buy some solar batteries, and usually they last a year to two years as far as the batteries go. And then if I can't find the batteries, then I'll just get some new ones. But, you know, just wait for sales. You'll find sales on all of those at different stores, and it's a good time to buy them. 
And then make sure you keep your barbecue in working order and your propane tank filled if you have propane or keep charcoal clear, uh, close by or if you're using wood or wood chips because it's there's something wonderful about grilling up those goodies. I love to, um, I, I, I'm a big barbecuer, so, and I love to eat outside or inside if it's really, really cold, but you could have a winter tailgate. Why not? And um, that's it's kind of good to do that in your own house right now since we're in the middle of COVID. So, you know, have a barbecue or have a tailgate. And some uh, last minute tips for winterization. You want to get your home or apartment, whatever you have ready before winter sets in. So if you're a homeowner, take these tasks on yourself or call a handy person to do it. And if you live in an apartment um, or any other, uh, you know, a condo or something where you don't own it, you better find out if the landlord will take care of these things before you go into hibernation. Because there's when it gets really dark and cold and rainy and snowy, we want to probably stay indoors. So first is to check and clean the gutters at least one last time. As the leaves have all fallen, it's the best time to clean out your gutters and make sure they're completely cleared out because if they're blocked, they create a dam. And if it's freezing, it'll be an ice dam and then that can damage your gutters. And if it's um, not freezing, it's still, the water will just go right over and then that can ruin your siding, and of course, you can also ruin your foundation. Check your furnaces. If you have a furnace, you want to replace the filter, and if you haven't already, you you should be changing it once a month. I'm not very good at doing that, but um, but that's what's recommended. A dirty filter increases your heating costs and reduces the life of your equipment. I'm not one really to use the heater very often. I prefer to have a wood-burning fire going because I have plenty of wood that I've been cutting throughout the year from the creeks and the hills. So if um, if you do have a home heating system, if it's not properly maintained, it could be maybe as much as 50% inefficient. So if you can spring for it, get an inspection by a licensed professional before the end of the year. And maintain your home's exteriors. And what I mean by that is to trim back any trees, branches that are hanging too close to your house, or if they're dead, make sure to uh, cut them down. You don't want any branches to fall on anyone or to damage uh, in your property. And as far as driveways and patios and wood decks, if they need sealing, you need to do that. If there's big cracks, and gaps around doors, windows, and eaves, you want to seal those. You don't want, you know, rats or other critters coming in to your house. This is also a good time to test your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. This one's really easy to overlook, and it only takes a couple of seconds. You just hit the test button on your smoke or your carbon monoxide detector, or you might have a combination smoke-carbon monoxide detector. If the alarm sounds, you're fine. If not, it's time to replace the batteries and then test it again. And replace your smoke detector if uh, if fresh batteries aren't resulting in a proper test. And I had to replace um, one of my um, smoke carbon monoxide detectors recently. And I kept thinking, gosh, why why isn't it working? And then I I read the back of it and it says that literally after four years of use that they tend not to work very well. So 
double check that. So I just replaced it because it, it wasn't working. Um, you might want to consider an energy out, um, audit, which can show you how and where your home is using energy. Or you can even do those simple updates to increase your home efficiency online. A lot of utility companies have these. These home, there were home energy audit online where you just check, you know, you just check this, check that, check that. And then it tells you where you need to improve. Or again, if you have the money and you uh, feel that it's time for you to do a, a professional audit, you could call an energy company, find out what rebates they have going, and you might even see recommendations for professionals who come in and double check everything. So those are just a few things that you can do uh, right now to get ready for winterization. It's really important that you take care of your house and your um, and your outdoors before it gets too blustery out there and too cold, and then you won't be able to do anything. Well, when we come back from break, we will be um, talking with Mary Peachin. She's the author of Sleeping Around, Challenging My Comfort Zone. So stay with me. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, I'm so glad that you stayed with us because we're now going to go on an adventure around the world. With me is my guest, Mary Peachin. She has written a book called Sleeping Around, 
challenging my comfort zone. And when she says sleeping around, she's slept her way around the world on everything from cots outside beach palapas to mountain huts, sleeping bags, bunk beds, wilderness cabins, dive boats, sleazy motels, just not a cruise ship. And she's had all these kinds of incredible adventures, you know, um, diving with sharks and crocodiles and um, flying paint planes and skydiving. Welcome, Mary, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Oh, it's great to be with you. Well, this was really fun, and I'm so glad you included so many photos of the of your experiences because you have been to all seven continents. Um, I understand, and it, and your husband also has uh, traveled quite a bit with you. But I think what's so fun about uh, what you say, what you've done, and what you're writing about is how you talk about being an adrenaline junkie. When did this actually start for you? When did you realize that you just, when you're going to travel, it had to be wild and fun and and exotic? I I think I had a midlife crisis in my 30s. And instead of running around with other men, I became an adrenaline junkie and I wanted speed and height and and sharks and <laughs> you know I, things that were scary. I, yeah, I went into a turbo air where I bought a Maserati that lasted till I got my first insurance bill, and I bought a third of a turbo two ten, a single engine high high speed aircraft. Yeah, and <laughs> I was just a free, the ultimate free spirit. Right. Right. Well, which is really rare for somebody to do, um, I think, to start doing all these crazy things. And I don't want to say crazy in the like loco and la cabeza, but crazy in the fact of, wow, these were really exciting adventures. So but, you know, one of the things that you and your family share is um, fly fishing and angling. That's something I've always been a real adventuresome person myself and a skydiver and scuba diver and, you know, all those all those things that people always said, my God, what are you doing? But tell me about some of your fishing things, because you have such beautiful pictures in here. But it sounds like everything you do is catch and release. Everything, I'm, I'm very conservation-oriented, so every, every, every kind of fishing I do is catch and release. And probably the most exciting is fly fishing for Mako shark, because you know the shark is oh, always going to win. Yeah, well, let's. I want you to talk about that experience because you write about that in your book, Sleeping Around, Challenging My Comfort Zone. In fact, there was one experience where your guide said, okay, let's not let it, let the shark jump into the boat. That would be disastrous. <laughs> so tell us about that, you know, these experiences with these sharks. Well, the guide throws a mackerel out with a spinning rod. He can throw that much further than I can throw a heavyweight fly rod and he, he doesn't want the shark to be too big or to be too close that it can jump into the boat so you kind of have to coordinate the baiting of the shark to towards the boat and you're tossing the fly when he pulls the bait away so 
you know the shark is going to win. It's either going to break the line and get away or it's going to pull you around for a while and then he's going to be released. So it's it's very very exciting, especially when you've been diving with makos from a cage and when the makos come around, you've, you've got to stay in that cage. When right. uh, the, there are blue sharks around, you you know, it's not quite as dangerous. Well, you have dove with the sharks, too, and you, uh, you've done the cage diving, but then you decided you wanted to do just regular diving with sharks. So let's talk about some of your shark adventures. Well, I can say that while my son appreciates it now, I, on his first dive, I took him diving with thousands of hammerheads in the Galapagos, <laughs> and I think I scared him to death. Well, <laughs> that is kind of scary. I think the hammer, I find hammerheads scary. I mean, I dove with hammerheads in in Cozumel many years ago, and they, I think they're frightening, and they, they can be vicious, too. Well, they look vicious, but they are the most timid of all the sharks. I mean, if you blow a bubble out of your regulator, off they go. They'll go. They'll go. But they get a taste of blood, they're a shark. <laughs> well, all sharks who get a taste of blood, they're sharks. Right. So, right. I mean, you have to respect when you're in their environment. Um, and people many times have asked me, well, were, were you ever scared? Did you ever get bitten or... <laughs> challenge or anything like that and I say I'm always scared <laughs> you know that's that's what gets the adrenaline rush well and that's what keeps you probably safe is because you are you're getting you're getting your adrenaline rush but at the same time you are doing these things hopefully in a safe a safe environment with the right people uh which gets me to the cenotes in the Yucatan, because I have to say, some of, to me, some of the most frightening diving was in the cenotes, because it can be really, really, really dark, and they can be small, and you know, um, you're not sure are you going to find your way out. But you seem to really thrive there. It seems like you really enjoy diving in the cenotes. Well, I did, but. You're absolutely right. It was dark. It was cold. Uh, it was up and down, so you were continually having to, um, you know, adjust the pressure in your ears. And the signage that says, you know, divers have died here. Right. Like 200 you know, it, had died in one of the places <laughs> you were, right? It said 200 divers have died here. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, yeah. that... It'd be a little bit like attention. Yeah, exactly. Do you really want to enter the water when it says, you know, peligro, right? (laughs) No passe. (laughs) I don't think it's a good idea maybe to go, to go into that. But um, also uh, I'm still on the diving thing because I actually, I think anything in the water is just is marvelous, you know, whether it's snorkeling or, or scuba diving. I I just love being in water and around water, but um, I have never dove with crocodiles, and you certainly did. Well, but I didn't. The crocodile was on the ledge. I I didn't intend to. I mean, I I was told a a small crocodile had 
been seen there. But when six foot's not first small. we swam through an underwater passage in the Solomons into this atoll, and you know we had been told, well, if you see them, it's a small crocodile. So I figure it's a kind you know that comes used to be able to buy in the in the pet store. Well, this was a, like a six footer. Right, and that's not small, is it? <laughs> no, and I I can't tell you how fast I made a 180 out of that cave. <laughs> it was really uh, it was a frightening experience. Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, but you know you know what? And I was reading your book, and if you're just joining us, um, I'm speaking with Mary Peachin. She is an adrenaline junkie who didn't start becoming. Uh, an adrenaline junkie until her 30s, she says, but her book is called Sleeping Around, Challenging My Comfort Zone. And definitely the places she's been do challenge the comfort zone. Is Did you find or do you find as you travel the world doing these um, incredible experiences that sometimes maybe the guides or the people that are leading you on or, I don't know, giving you advice, they're not taking it as seriously as you would or that the way that you think of things is a little different. That's been my experience sometimes. When somebody tells me it's safe, it's not always my level of safety. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're so young or accustomed to doing what they're doing that they don't realize I mean, you, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, you never know what you're going to find when you're in any kind of, whether it's a bear um, or a crocodile or a shark or or some wild animal in Africa. And when you're in their environment, you have to respect that. Right. And, and not... Um, not challenge them. You, you've got to observe. Well, Mary, let's talk about bears because I don't know too many people who have come face to face with polar bears. But you actually um, were were with polar bears. Is that in Churchill? Was that Churchill? No, yeah, that was, that in was Churchill. Churchill. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was very exciting. I mean that. That was really exciting, but what was even more exciting is the Kermode bear because it is um, found in the Great Bear Rainforest in British Columbia, and they're very rare. They don't know how many, if there are 75 of them or 200 of them, but there's, I made four trips up there before I saw several of them. They and, look so um, because they're white. They're a spirit. They're called a spirit boy, uh, bear, right? The Kermode spirit bears. Be- they almost look like they're a polar bear, but um, they do. They look mm-hmm. very similar, and um, there are um, a genetic combination of a black bear. It's a recessive gene black bear. So I I do have a photo have a in the book photo. of. Of a mother black bear with two white baby cubs. They're so cute. They look like cute little stuffed animals. Now, um, are they because they're they are the black bear? I mean, they're not. They are not a grizzly, and they're not a polar bear. Are they less um, aggressive? 
because people you know, don't, don't see them very often. I've never I mean, had an encounter with them. I mean, you you view them from a boat, and they're in a very rugged, remote area of British Columbia in a preserve where they're protected. So I don't know if anybody who's, who's ever, ever been on land yeah. with them and getting a photograph of them is really a rare well, you're the first person that I've ever spoken with that has been to Papua New Guinea. I've always thought that would be like such a, a, a really thrilling adventure. So, One of, uh, and I'm sure that it was. So, give us a little bit of your story of Papua New uh, uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh, it was one of the most exciting experiences of my life, and it, it just. Like most of my life has been so serendipitous and spontaneous, I went to the museum in New York to see the Rockefeller collection, and I saw that collection from Michael Rockefeller of Papua New Guinea art. I came home, I called Papua New Guinea Tourism, and I, I was like on the next flight out like I was you're kidding. That is that's how fast it went. In a, a week's notice, and it, it was the most exciting experience because the culture there is so unique. Yeah, you're right. Well, and besides yeah. just being unique, it's it's from another age. It doesn't feel. I mean, did you feel that you were in this century at all, or or as soon as you got no, there and no. you and, got, and you know. know I, my guide, Gordon Stahakis, who was an all-time great guide, um, he said, you know, these people continue to fight between clans, but they don't seem to bother the tourists. Now, the tourists are few and far between. But because they're, are they still see... he they're headhunters or cannibals, right? Or many of them are. Well... Who is that former? I recently read a book that, you know, it's pretty well confirmed that they did eat Michael Rockefeller, and, and a lot of their cannibalism is, was spiritually related. Um, it wasn't because they were starving to death. It was just part they, of their... They, is it because they want the soul, the spirit of the person that they eat? There was that, um, there was a movie about Rockefeller being, um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was, but that was it fascinating was when he went. And it was what was it called? It was a different part of New Guinea than, I w than where I was, but... It's... So you got to be, you got to see the Huli Warriors and you, I mean... How did they react to you? Well, I, th I think that they were really interested in the potential of, of, of some Kina money because I actually went up to one of them and asked him if I could buy his nose bone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and did he sell so it to you? I Yes, I have a collection and, of nose bones from Papua New Guinea. Well, and what is the nose bone made from? Um, well, there are different kinds. Some of them are from the cassowary bird, and some of them are pig tusks. You know, pig is re revered there. If you went or killed a pig, they would probably kill you. 
I did, in Papua New Guinea. Now, why is a pig so revered in Papua New Guinea? I'm not sure, sure why, but it's considered bride price. You know, they negotiate oh. families. And- now, what are the things that you wrote about in Sleeping Around when it came to Papua New Guinea? And I found this fascinating. And I don't know if you want to elaborate on it at all. Is that men and women do not sleep together, but when they want to reproduce, they go and have sex in the in the garden. <laughs> I, I so, know that. So what is kind this, of unbelievable to me too? But that's that's what I was taught. I saw mm-hmm. the separation of the men and the women. I saw the young bachelors learning how to become um, headmen and grow wigs that they were that they wear. So they, it, grow a, it's, they grow a wig? They Yes, they, you know, as they get to their teens, they go to this village and they grow their own hair to make into a big wig. And they're, they're called Huli Wigmen. And during that period, they're not allowed to look at a woman or talk to anybody or... Um, wow. It fascin- it's a fascinating culture, isn't it? it? It's it's one of the most fas- fascinating cultures that I've been to, and culture is very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to get to food. You do have a section in here about eating your way around, too. And, uh, you know, one of the scary things of traveling, especially adventure traveling, is the fear of getting sick. I know for me, I always... I always like to keep to um, bottled water that I know where, the, you know, that it's not just coming from a faucet outside <laughs> or from a pool or something. But I'm a pretty adventurous eater. So you were talking about some of the interesting things that, that you ate, too. Do you have a favorite kind of weird food at, in, from someplace? Well, let me back up for a minute and and. Agree with you. I used to, you know, fly my own plane and go to Mexico a lot to to fish and to dive. But you also and got sick I, a lot. You said the minute I crossed that border, I used to get sick. Right. Mm-hmm. Until one day, a friend of mine said, "Did you ever see anyone in Mexico freeze a shrimp?" And I used to go down and eat a shrimp, and I I stopped that. But I think. Things have changed. While I still drink bottled water in Hanoi, I had the most fascinating experience in the old quarter of eating street food. And uh, I mean, who would ever dreamed of eating street food? And the only thing that I just couldn't quite stomach was a half-hatched egg. Where yes, the I agree was... with you. Which is very big in Vietnam. It's very big. That's a, it's right. like a delicacy, right? It's a delicacy. Right. But in, like, Oaxaca, crickets are, you know, crickets and ants are like they're potato chips. I yeah, mean, but they're actually really good. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> did you, I did like you the like ants better than the crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you know, we're running out of time, Mary, but I wanted to pay tribute um, to your husband, uh, David, because I absolutely loved what he wrote 
um, the final chapter, 78, Marrying an Adrenaline Junkie, and just talking about how he met you and what your life has been like together and how exciting it has been. Because, you know, you have, it's not just planes and bikes and diving, but you've just traveled, been able to travel the world. And he is so proud of what you've done and, you know, getting to actually just kind of hitch along for a ride. So how fortunate that you found a partner in life that shared your adventures. And when he didn't want to share them, he was happy for you to do it. Right, and and part of that was, you know, I was a CPA that worked, you know, for six months of the year, seven days a week. But he picked and chose, and, you know, he certainly got, I think, to every globe with me because he didn't want to pass the Arctic and the Antarctic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you like Antarctica? That's the one place I haven't um, I, I haven't been. I don't like being so cold. I found Iceland, Greenland to be just way too cold and I'm, I don't and I found plenty of penguins in um, on the Cape of Hope and, and South America. So did you find Antarctica fascinating? Fascinating. But I was there earlier. you know I, I don't know if I feel well, I still would prefer it over the Arctic. But, you know, the calving and the global warming, well, I think, has destroyed a lot of the glaciers you know, and ice. I, I wanted to ask you, I'm so glad you brought that up, because I kept thinking about this throughout all of your scuba diving. Because like you, I've, I've dove all over the world, and I've been diving since I was a teenager. But in the last few years, five, ten years, I don't enjoy it anymore. I find that the ocean is dying, and it makes me so sad. I was in Cuba last year, and I was so excited to dive off of Cuba, and I, I, there was just nothing, absolutely nothing to see. The water, I saw a lot of plastic bottles and, and uh, plastic bags and very few fish um, and, it, and the coral that was dead. I just, I, whoever thinks that global warming isn't happening, it is happening, and we're we're killing our oceans. Have you been experiencing any of that? Yes, it it, it breaks my heart. Me too, me too. Uh, it's like I really, we really do have to save, yeah, you know, save our oceans. Well, we have to save our whole planet. Well, I I really appreciate you uh, writing this book and. Um, journaling your challenging of your comfort zone because I think we all have to get out of our comfort zone and it's fun that you have spent so much time and so many years you know diving with sharks jumping out of airplanes bungee jumping um, doing all the fun things that that you have done and hopefully you're going to continue doing until you just can't anymore. So please go to her website. It's peachin.com, P-E-A-C-H-I-N.com. The book is called Sleeping Around, Challenging My Comfort Zone. And I just have to say, Mary, just a highlight of the book are the photographs. You are a wonderful photographer. And of course, there's other other people's photos in here as well. But um, it's it just adds so much to your journey and your adventure to see these terrific photos. Well, I thank I thank you, and I thank you for appreciating the quality of those photos. Oh yeah, they're they're just amazing. They're just really really 
amazing. And you have, I do want to also just say to our listeners, you do have a few chapters of just kind of, you know, lovely, relaxing, a little more relaxing um, kinds of travels, like through Croatia or through the Czech Republic <laughs> or things right. like that. The so book is for it's, people who are just armchair readers. Exactly. Slovenia. Um, yeah. So I, I don't want people to think that, you know, you have to be a, a real um, wild, have to be, you know, go sea kayaking or whatever it is or out in the Serengeti to be reading this book, you can also enjoy, you can enjoy just some really beautiful places around the world. So um, do you want to just wrap it up with whatever you'd like to say? Well, I, as you said, I think this book is at this time when we're all isolated and quarantined, it's a fun read. It's, it's, will bring back memories for many people who have been to some of the places that I write about. It For those who haven't been there, it's just sort of a journey that they can take from their armchair. And for, for younger people, it's hopefully inspirational. And they can have a, a long life of excitement. Well, Mary, thank you so much again for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The book is called Sleeping Around, Challenging My Comfort Zone. The website is peachin.com, P-E-A-C-H-I-N.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be right back. Thank you. Be the star you the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites, here's Cynthia Bryan. With the COVID-19 pandemic, traveling has become more difficult than ever before you might not be able to get to where you want to go. So here's some advice that may be useful to your schedule. First, find out what the restrictions are for entering wherever it is you are planning to go. You don't want to arrive to find out that you'll be quarantined or turned away. If you need to take a test within 72 hours, make sure you do that. Always wear a mask and be prepared for a temperature check. Travel as early in the day as possible. If a plane is delayed or canceled, you'll have a better chance of making alternate arrangements. And always reconfirm your travel times at least 72 hours before departure on each leg of your trip. And reconfirm special meals, seat assignments, or any other irregular necessities that you're requesting. Make sure you have the phone numbers of, of your travel agent with you, a guide, and the numbers of other airlines. In case of emergency, professional help could be the answer. No luggage restrictions. Carry-ons are becoming very limited, so consider if you're sending gifts ahead, you might want to uh, make sure to get those in the mail early. If you must carry gifts, don't wrap them. Security or customs may ask you to open the packages, which is going to increase your frustration. And again, wear your mask, 
wear your mask, and bring hand sanitizer. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business well, we're back with this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And since I can't travel, of course, as you know, I'm just spending lots and lots of time in nature and in my garden. Now, Gertrude Jekyll said, the lesson I have thoroughly learned and wish to pass on to others is to know the enduring happiness that the love of a garden gives. I rejoice when I see anyone, and especially children, inquiring about flowers and wanting gardens of their own and carefully working in them. For love of gardening is a seed that once sown never dies, but always grows and grows to an enduring and ever-increasing source of happiness. Well, watching the wide-eyed wonder of children during the holidays is an additional dividend of this magical season of Christmas. There's the twinkling lights, the tantalizing aromas of cinnamon and nutmeg, the joyful caroling tunes, and most of all, Red-nosed Rudolph prancing through the night skies, leading his herd of reindeer to the chimneys of good little girls and boys. At least when I was a little girl, that was what I did. I think every single night of December was look into the night skies. And, you know, your imagination is so fertile. And you you see him. You, I, we always saw Santa. We always saw the reindeer. But December is such a great month to spark children's enthusiasm for gardening as well, because the rewards can go far beyond reaping a harvest of fruits, flowers, and vegetables. Kids get to dig in the dirt, and it's a plus because they get to get dirty, and kids love that. Now, since families usually erect a Christmas tree or a Hanukkah bush, it's fun to let each child grow his or her own tree. Now, when my kids were young, we bought one gallon pine, spruce, and firs to plant a Christmas tree farm. They watered, pruned, protected, and pre- uh, prepared the trees to be cut for our festivities. Now, although the trees never matched the symmetry of ones purchased from a lot, once they were festooned with all the homemade ornaments, they were uniquely beautiful. And most of all, 
The children were proud that they had grown this special tree all by themselves. They also each decorated a small growing Christmas tree for their bedrooms with sparkling lights on a timer that went off at bedtime. And then after the holidays, the tree would go out on the patio to be tended by them and then perhaps planted in their Christmas tree farm. So teaching kids to garden instills responsibility and patience and love and creativity and tolerance, hope and more imagination. Their minds expand and they learn a deep appreciation for living organisms. So by introducing them at a young age to the natural world, we are showing them how to respect and honor the environment. When we scrape vegetable scraps, egg shells, coffee grinds, fish bones, and other biodegradable items into a pail that we add to our outdoor compost bin, we're demonstrating the value of enriching the soil with natural, non-toxic substances. Ask your child to help you shovel wood chips into a wheelbarrow to add to the yard before winter storms arrive to prevent erosion, keep the soil warm, and provide an appealing appearance to your landscape. Now, every child needs to learn where her food comes from. Healthy eating habits are learned from the ground up. Add packets of seeds to a Christmas stocking with instructions for a private pot or plot to be planted in the spring. Stuff in a small field guide about growing vegetables, fruits, or herbs. Encourage dreaming of what crops to plant in the spring. You'll be amazed at what kids will eat when they put in the effort of growing it. Brussels sprouts, check. Broccoli, check. Spinach, check. I mean, children are naturally curious, and by keeping your nature talks short and fascinating, you'll develop a gardener for life. Gardening is fun, and it's an excellent way to keep our bodies and spirits in optimum shape. And while you're sowing the seeds of growing in the minds of young sprouts, you'll also be planting resilience and acceptance, because failure is fertilizer. When something doesn't grow, we throw it on the compost pile to grow a new garden next season. And as a metaphor for life, our children are all going to flounder and fail. And the teachable moment from Mother Earth is that there are no mistakes if we learn the lesson and fertilize for the future. So whether you're bigger or tiny sprout, my gift is to pass on my love and knowledge of gardening with you. So dig it with your kids. And these are a few tips that you can do for gardening with kids. Give each child a potter plot of land to grow whatever they desire. And when you give them the responsibility, they'll rise to the task. Buy size-appropriate tools, a hand trowel, a rake, a shovel, a wheelbarrow, and bucket expressly for gardening chores. It'll give a child a sense of accomplishment. And don't forget garden gloves. Supply seeds that are easy to grow. Include vegetables like carrots and radishes and beets, lettuces, and also include some pretty flowers like sunflowers, zinnias, marigolds, calendulas. And make it fun by showing them how to use chopsticks to plant seeds. Buy two to four inch containers of herbs for a windowsill garden. You can add dill and mint, sage, parsley, oregano. They're simple to grow and they can be snipped for pizza, spaghetti, and soups that'll put smiles on the little ones' faces. You can plant theme gardens with your kids. Everyone loves butterflies. And a butterfly garden will encourage kids to watch the evolution of nature from creeping caterpillar to graceful flyer. The pizza garden, we with everything except for the pepperoni and pizza. A 24-hour garden where each of the plant blooms at different times, like morning glories in the morning, four o'clocks in the afternoon, primrose in the evening, moonflowers for night. 
And if you have room, you can have a pie orchard with peaches and apricots and cherries and pears and even a berry patch. You can do a Christmas tree farm, even if it's just a couple of Christmas trees. Or how about a Halloween cemetery of various types, colors, sizes of gourds and pumpkins. So allow kids to experiment and design their own spaces. And remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. Rows don't have to be in straight lines. Give them a magnifying glass so that they can get up close and personal with leaves, flowers, stamens, bugs, worms, and insects. And help them decorate for the holidays with natural berries and branches, pyracantha, katani ester, holly, with all those beautiful red berries. So be creative and make stepping stones to scarecrows, whatever it is, garden with your kids. Well, thanks again for being great listeners, allowing me here every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, coming to you live on the Voice America Network, where we've been doing Wednesdays with writers and entertainers. For more information about Be The Star You Are, this is the season of giving. Consider making a donation. Go to bethestarur.org. And for information about me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. And right now, with any book that you buy or anything that you buy from the website at CynthiaBryan.com, we're going to send you a bonus inspirational CD that you will love for free. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. See beyond your physical being. Know you are already a star that you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And if you'd like to be an armchair traveler, pick up a copy of Sleeping Around. You'll find it. There's a lot of fun activities in there that Mary has indulged in and that you can join her on her excursions. So until next week when we celebrate once again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and it's smiles that are going to keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and have a great week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.